The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Welcome to chapel this morning. We are glad to be here with you. And I say we because I'm here with many members of the School of Divinity faculty. It's our privilege today to lift our voices in thanks to the Lord for the many things that he's done. When we stop to think about all the things that we have to be thankful for, it really is overwhelming. Our life, our breath, the opportunity to be in a place like this, our friendships, really immense blessings from the Lord. So we want to, particularly during this time of Thanksgiving, make sure to vocalize those things for which we're thankful. So that's what we're going to do today. I want to make just a quick comment about the format and how things are going to go. A number of the faculty members from the School of Divinity have asked to have a few minutes to publicly thank the Lord for particular blessings in their lives. And so we're just going to do that uh, one after the other. And And then at the end, we all have the opportunity to stand and sing together in thanks to the Lord as we kick off this Thanksgiving week. I wanted to frame our time together by reading a few verses from a psalm. Psalm 145. This psalm is very significant in my own thinking because when I was here as a student, as an undergrad, one of the verses in Psalm 145 was the key verse for one of my professors. And it goes like this, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That's what we're going to try to do today. But then interestingly enough, when I went on to seminary, the verse just before it, was the key verse in my mentor's life. And this is what this verse says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Let me read a few of these verses, then pray, and then we'll thank the Lord. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Let's pray together. Our great God and heavenly Father, we come to you with thankful hearts this morning. We have so much to give thanks for. Your kindnesses to us are overwhelming. We ask, Father, that during this brief time that we have together, that you would meet with us, that you would find these words of thanks acceptable in your sight, that you would be pleased and honored by the thoughts that we think, by the words that we speak. Father, we owe you everything. 
Every good and perfect gift comes down from you, our Father of lights, with whom there is no change or shifting shadow. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. And we ask that you would be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to see you. My name is Bill Cruson, part-time faculty in the School of Divinity, and uh, I am glad that you remembered to come to Thanksgiving Chapel. I am glad I remembered to come. I am thankful for the gift of memory. Paul says in Philippians 1, I thank my God every time I remember you. Do you hear the cause and effect? In Paul's mind, he remembers the Philippian church. That causes him to thank God for the Philippian church. Memory is a link to God. This past summer, my mom went to glory after living 94 years on this planet. And in those last few weeks, I saw her memory start to slip. But she could still talk about what it was like growing up, my grandparents, her parents, Memories that stretched back into the early 1900s, which would be a hundred years from the moment I was sitting there holding her hand. And yet, when she would forget something, or forget what day it was, or something like that, that hurt me a little bit because I knew that that wasn't her. Memory is a gift from God. If you want to explore this sometime, I know you probably don't want to do any homework during Thanksgiving break, but read Augustine, who wrote in the year 400 his last book called The City of God, where he talks about the gift, the mystery, the wonder of what memory is. So I would challenge you now and when you leave and drive home and If you forget something, maybe you have a quiz today or tomorrow, and your memory's not perfect, remember that God made us in his image, and he is a God who who remembers everything. Everything about us reflects something about God. And you may have a really good memory, or you may not have a good memory, But the fact that we can remember is something that we should thank our Heavenly Father, our Creator, for. But I'd like to remind us of one other thing that God has chosen not to remember. Isaiah tells us God's words, I, even I, am him who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins. No more. There's one. Thank, thank you, brother. There's, there's. Hold, hold it though. There's one. (laughs) 
They only gave us three minutes. You want me to get started here, but seriously, think about this. The God who knows everything that is, was, and will be, and could be, has chosen to forget one thing, our sins, because of the cross. I want to read a verse real quick because as you're listening to, to people give thanks, Paul said something that was I, I think is pretty cool in 1 Corinthians 14 when he was talking about if you only did it in tongues, no one would know what you're saying. But he said, if you give thanks only with your spirit, how can others say amen to your thanksgiving if they don't know what you're saying? So I read that because... There's two things that are happening when, when, when people share what God has done. Number one, we're, we're glorifying God. God's being glorified. And saying amen is, is biblical. So I want to wake the dead a little bit. And, and um, so, so how can others say amen when someone gives thanks? But then Paul said, secondly, he said, you could be giving thanks, but if people don't understand you, the other person is not being built up. So when, when, when we get to talk about what God has done, two things can happen. One, God is glorified. And number two, we're edified. We're built up. I, I, I'm, I'm touched and so thankful for so many people's lives as, as I've heard them tell their story. This morning, I want to thank God for his grace in, in four aspects of my, my life. I hope that I never get over the grace of God. Vance Havner, an old country preacher, once said, never lose the wonder of it all. And and I understand because I was saved radically as a, a drug-dealing kind of teenager. And those of you that grew up in a Christian home, I understand how there's sort of like this sense of like, gee, I don't have a testimony because, um, you know, I was saved at four years old reading Francis Schaeffer's Escape from Reason. And, <laughs> and so you feel like you've got nothing to offer. But I want you to know something. If you were saved as a child, when Jesus said, he that is forgiven much loves much, he did not mean by that that the greatest sinners are the only ones that love the Lord. We're all forgiven much. And so if you were saved as a kid, I promise you that you've been blessed. And whatever the Lord kept you from, though you, though you will be forgiven, there's baggage that comes with that. So give thanks to the Lord this morning for the grace of God in your salvation. I often try to think of songs that sort of articulate my perspective of salvation like when you think of your own salvation is there a song that that kind of resonates that's your story mine fits with Charles Wesley's song and can it be he said long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night and, and that's how my life was I lived in darkness I, I, I was quote supposedly happy but I wasn't I was afraid to die I was in chains to my sin so he said, my, my spirit lay in darkness. But then he said, your eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. In 1979, a young man by the name of Paul Toy just walked up to me in my high school, knowing that I was selling drugs and just a knucklehead. And he goes, hey, you want to go to church with me? And the Holy Spirit just worked and drew me. They gave me a gospel, John. I read it and got saved. And, 
came to school here nine months later. God has been so great or gracious to me. And so I want to thank God for my salvation. I am so grateful for Jesus. He's, he's everything that I could ever ask for and a million times more. My life has had numerous burdens since then, but it's just a wonderful thing to know Christ. So I'm thankful for his grace and my salvation, but I also am thankful for the grace of God that's part of our sanctification. Don't forget that the same grace that saved us is grace that sanctifies us. The Bible teaches that God's grace is working in us every day. It's, it's willing and working for his good pleasure. His power is what is drawing us. He's the one in the new covenant that gives us new hearts. And so I'm so thankful for God's patience and the way he constantly disciplines me or, or, or gives me desires and power to overcome. And so I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with sin, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.1, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God's unmerited love and goodness is not just for your salvation. It's also for your sanctification. But there's another place real quick that I'm thankful for God's grace, and that's in my sufferings. All of us are called to suffer in one way or another. I think the two greatest sufferings in my life have been one, and many of you know this, that one of my children, my son, and he, he'd be unashamed for me to say this, became a heroin addict. And for probably 10 to 12 years, we lived in such torment and pain watching our dear son uh, struggle. And I am so grateful that during that time, God's grace, even through, I could, you know, how many tears, times that I wept till I could weep no more, times where I was limp and couldn't pray. But I knew that God was being gracious. And so Paul said in his sufferings, I implored the Lord that my suffering might leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I also have experienced in my life since 19, probably in the late 80s, depression and anxiety at times. And I didn't understand that. That doesn't happen to Christians. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I, I couldn't wrap my, my mind around the idea that God would allow Christians to suffer with that. But I can tell you that's been perhaps one of the greatest gifts God's given to me because it's humbled me. It's brought me low. It's shown me my need for the body of Christ. It's shown me the opportunity to be vulnerable and not feel like, hey, you have to have it all together. And so those of you that are suffering, remember this. The thing that you might want the least in your life might be something that you need the most. Because as Jesus teaches us here, my grace is sufficient for you. So I urge you and encourage you to get on your knees and implore the Lord for grace to help you. But then there's another and final area that I thank God, and that's the grace of God that he allows us to be involved in his service. The Apostle Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And he said, I labored, but not I, the grace of God in me. And I'm so thankful that for the last 26 years, I've had the privilege of teaching here and investing in young people and watching your lives and, and having so many friends now that have gone on and, and are living their lives for Christ. So I want to encourage you to think about God's personal grace in your life. It's not a competition, and, and, and you don't have to be like us. We want you to be what Jesus wants you to be. Peter said it this way, as each one of us has received a special gift, he said, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the grace of God. While you're here, 
I trust that God's going to help you to discover what your gifts are. There are a variety of gifts, a variety of manifestations of the Spirit. But trust me, you matter, and your gifts matter. And as you employ those gifts, there's no greater joy than, than being used by God than just allowing the Lord Jesus with all of our weakness to work through us, to be his hands and feet. The Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I encourage you and commend to you to join with me in thanking God for his grace and saving us, sanctifying us, meeting us in our suffering and enabling us to serve him. God bless you. Morning. Um, first thing I'm thankful for is that I'm not following Dr. Hurst, okay? So that man, that man can preach. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm kidding, Tony, okay. Anyway. Psalm 116, 12 through 14. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people here at Cairn in this chapel today. So I brought my cup today, and uh, as I was thinking last week about something I wanted to share that I was thankful for, um, I was drinking coffee out of this beautiful cup, and I thought, you know what? I'm really thankful for this cup. And so when I think about this cup, I think about um, beauty. I think about color and shape and texture. And I'm thankful that the beautiful God shared with us beauty. And I think about what he has embedded in this world in color and shape and texture all the way from tigers and tiger lilies. And I'm thankful for a beautiful God who shares that with us. And uh, Professor Andrea Fiore made this cup for me, uh, handmade. And um, when I think about this cup that she gave me, um, I think about friendship. And I think about the gift of friendship and the gift of relationships. And I'm thankful, thankful for friends. I'm thankful for my family, for my wife, my sons, my daughters-in-law, my grandkids. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for uh, students. Many of you I don't know. Some of you I know fairly well. Some of you I know very well. And I'm thankful for you and the relationships that we can have. And when I think about uh, Professor Fiore's gift to me, I think about generosity. I'm thinking about a gracious and generous God who gives so freely to us. And when I think about uh, Professor Fiore making this uh, cup, I think about uh, the joy that she had in the work of her hands. And I'm thankful to God for work. And I'm not just talking about a job. I'm thinking about just work, that God has built us for work. And sometimes because of the fall, work can be frustrating. It could be tedious. It could be boring. But we were made to work. And we take joy in our work. And I'm so thankful to God for um, work. And if job and work come together in beauty, then a good thing. And I'm thankful to God for work. And I'm thankful to God for um, the joy the delight, the wonder that Professor Fiore put and made, put into this making of this cup. And when I think of that, I'm thankful to God for um, delight and wonder and play. And when I think about Proverbs 8, where it talks about God creating the world 
and the personification of wisdom, that God was like a darling child who took delight and played in all of creation. And I'm thankful for play. I'm also thankful for what goes in this cup, um, and it's mostly used for coffee. And I'm thankful for coffee. What I'm thankful for is that God has provided us with sustenance, with food, with drink. And again, when you think of all the colors and shapes and textures and even the beauty of food, food goes way beyond just fuel. It goes to fun. When I think about uh, the coffee that I drink in this cup, I think about comfort, refreshment, delight. And I'm thankful for God's sustenance and uh, providing that for us. And when I think about the psalmist who talked about the cup of salvation, um, I think about the cup that Jesus so willingly took up. And when I think about the pain, the suffering, and the death, when he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not your will, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus took up that cup so that we could be back in relationship with the God who gave us all these wonderful gifts, that we can be reconciled to the Father. And when I think about that cup that he took upon himself, and I think about it at the Last Supper, when he talked about the cup being his blood, the new covenant in his blood shed for us, we can say with the psalmist, can't we? We can say with David, my cup overflows. Because goodness, God's goodness, his mercy, his grace, Professor Allen talked about his grace, made new to us each day, and we can know his grace and his mercy, and it will follow us all the days of our lives. So what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus, for the blessings, for everything you've done for us. Amen. continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures to all generations. I am so grateful today for this great salvation wherein I stand. God has done great things for me. I'm 65 years old, and all of my life, before I could talk, I was sitting in the house of God under the influence of the word of God. But I took a vacation at one time ended up in darkness. God never left me. God never forsook me. And one day God delivered me just as sure as I'm standing in front of you. And I'm grateful to the Lord and thankful to the Lord every single day of my life. I don't wait for November, for, for, uh, November to come. No, I give thanks to the Lord every day single, solitary day because he's just been too good. 
I, I watched the, the, um, uh, my first um, uh, football game. What is that? Uh, when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> See? Never been a sportsman, never been a sportsman. But I watched when they won, sat there for the whole time. And do you know afterwards I looked and saw the crowds running out into the street, worshiping at the throne of the eagles, making all kinds of noise. And I'm not putting down watching a football game. I'm not. But you come, those same folk might have gone to church and sat quiet and had nothing to say about the goodness of God. They used his breath to praise the Eagles game. They used his strength to block Broad Street and every other street in Philadelphia as they ran out to worship. But they come to church. And they want to sit quiet. Somebody showed me a meme. I found out I was the subject of a meme. I, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Uh, <laughs> didn't even know what a meme was. And somebody had to help the poor fella out and show him. It, it showed, uh, what was his name, Squigsworth or whatever it is. From <laughs> you know what I mean. And he was asleep and said, Dr. Hurst, I'm trying to sleep. Well, listen, if you come to chapel and you try to sleep in here, I'm going to make sure you don't because I'm going to praise God with every bit of my being. I'm going to make sure you don't sleep in here. I send text messages sometimes. When I see you on your computer, I've sent emails to tell you to shut it down and listen to the word of God. God's been too good. My feet used to carry me to the nightclub. Uh-huh. Where I danced in the, in, in the twilight. But now I come in God's house and worship God and praise him because he delivered my feet from falling. Amen. Now as I continue to progress and mature, the Lord is showing me another facet in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And scourges every son whom he receives. He said, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are you illegitimate and not sons. And the Lord showed me. As I travel back and forth, I listen to Bible teachers. And one day, one said something about being discontent. I said, hmm. Another day, another one said something about being discontent. I said, hmm. Then another one on another day spoke on the same subject. I said, Lord, you got me. He pinpointed an area of sin that he had to deal with. 
because it's so easy to look around at other folk who you think have you in the situation where you're in. But God said, I'm the one that's in control. I put you there. I put you there. I have you there so you can learn something. And you're not going to be turned loose until you learn the lesson, until I'm ready. God began to show me that my discontent was with him and not with men. And I had to repent and trust him. The word of God says godliness with contentment is great gain. I've got a few more years of life that I want to live. I've got a few more things that I want to do for the glory of God. And as he corrects me, he's opening up the way for me to accomplish his will. God bless you. I'm thankful to go after Dr. Hurst. <laughs> uh, this year um, started with a really profound, difficult thing, and I want to share something I learned from it. Uh, the thing was, my adult son uh, had to go into the hospital for pancreatitis. He was in the ICU for 60 days, and he was on a breathing machine for 40 days of that unconscious. And during the worst two weeks of it early on, he ran a fever between about 102 and 105 up and down, uh, very close to death's door, trying to get through death's door there for a while. Um, so both my wife and I, Sherry and I, are extremely grateful that the Lord uh, healed my son and that he's um, out of the hospital and he's doing well. Yeah. And I'm extremely grateful for the, uh, many of you were in classes with me in this spring, and um, the support that I had and from my colleagues was wonderful. The, here's the thing that I don't, I think I learned, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's about the New Testament, um, so you just never know. Uh, this, in the New Testament, there's this Greek word, um, parakletos, and uh, the New Testament translators are sort of, uh, I thought, odd, because sometimes they translate this word as comforter and sometimes as advocate. And so it's in the New Testament, so I figured, you know, whatever. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But during those two weeks of the most intense time in the hospital where we were living in the ICU with uh, my son, the ICU, as you know, there's people all around 24 hours a day ready. But even with all those medical professionals, it just wasn't enough because during these episodes, uh, during the high fever times, um, my son needed somebody, even in the ICU, to advocate to the doctors and nurses, you need to come in here right now, the machine's doing the thing again. And my son also needed comfort. He needed somebody there to tell them that they were there. And um, 
I guess what I may have learned is always before when I read John 14, 15, and 16, and I didn't understand this part, I got the idea that this comforter, this helper, this advocate, I didn't really realize that was for somebody who might be living their lives in an ICU situation about to die. I always thought it was just somebody to come alongside, somebody who's already doing okay. And I realized, I might be in the ICU. Maybe we all are. Maybe we need somebody like the Holy Spirit. And I want to read one verse. Uh, well, three verses. They're all right together. This is in the New Testament. This is in John. It's great. All this I have spoken while still with you, says the Lord. But the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I needed to go short because Professor Allen took too long, so <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Good morning and happy almost Thanksgiving. I hope you're looking forward to Thanksgiving break. I, I certainly am. Uh, in, in my family, we have lots of fond memories around Thanksgiving time. As far back as I can remember, uh, we've been celebrating Thanksgiving at my grandparents, and my grandparents used to own a home down the shore so we would all travel down there, aunts, uncles, grandparents, my family as well. And one Thanksgiving, we were all gathered around the table, uh, <clears throat> a long, dark, oak dining room table with my grandfather at the head, and I was at his left, and his son, my uncle, was on his right. Keep in mind, my uncle has a very fun personality and my grandfather has a very serious personality. So my uncle, he got up and he said, Can I have your attention, everybody? This Thanksgiving, I want everybody to go around the table. And each of you, give us all your best Bronx cheer. Nobody knows what a Bronx cheer is, I guess. It's kind of like a raspberry. And uh, I'm not going to demonstrate it for you because I know my grandfather would say, Jared, don't do it. <laughs> but we were, we were a little shocked, not because of what my uncle said, but because we weren't sure what my grandfather was going to do. This was his house. And so my uncle started us off and he gave us, he gave us the Bronx cheer. It's a silly, rude noise. And then, and then my grandfather was up. And you know what he did? He gave us his best rendition of the Bronx cheer. And we were all dying. He gave us a great example to follow. We have great memories in, in my family. And my hope for you all this Thanksgiving is that you guys can all continue and make great family memories as well. 
Um, memories, as Professor Krusen mentioned, memories are, are a gift from God, and, and they create joy. And I also recognize that some of you don't have the opportunity to spend good family moments and, and create good family memories for whatever reason. And so I would encourage you that uh, when that's not possible, you always have the church. The church is the family of God, and the church will always welcome you. I want to read a quick, quick verse uh, because we're all going to be around family, most of us. Uh, for some of it is, it is a joy. Some of us it is tough. Paul says in his epistle to the Romans, he says, If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That long, dark dining room oak table is now in my dining room. And so now we, we continue the legacy, we continue the memory. And so I would encourage you this Thanksgiving uh, to all celebrate uh, peacefully and joyfully with your families. I'm so thankful for the privilege of giving praise to the Lord and being thankful. And what a great group of colleagues that I have. I just enjoy hearing all their stories and their praise. I'm thankful today for God's sovereignty and God's sovereign rule over all things. Either we trust God or we don't. And I'm very thankful for his sovereignty in bringing my wife and meet together so many years ago. And I can see now as I look back the intricate plan that he had that I had no idea about. And as part of that, um, getting to marry my, my high school sweetheart, my dream girl, and um, so thankful to the Lord for how he saved me and how he also saved our relationship because of that. I know I would have wasted my life, and I probably would have wasted everybody's lives around me, but the Lord, he saved me, and he saved me from myself and gave me such great privileges in my life to know him and to become like him somehow by the Holy Spirit as he continues to work on me. So not only did he save me and my influence and my relationship with my wife, but then I can also see how he saved my family and I'm so grateful for the sovereignty of God in all of my three sons and then each one of their spouses. And everyone warned me that this would happen and I just didn't have any idea what it would be like when my first grandson was born. And when that happened to me, I think there's a picture, right? So now I walk in the front door and my grandson will hear me coming in and he'll He'll run around and look through the doorway in the back room and he'll just do this. <laughs> and then he recognizes me and he says, pop, pop, and he starts running toward me and then my heart just absolutely melts because that's the kind of stranglehold he has on me. <laughs> oh, I just love being with him. I had no idea how much you could, you could love a little person like that, but I just love being with him and I'm so thankful for God's sovereignty in his life and this summer, we were with some of my kids down the shore for vacation. We were at Howard's Restaurant on Long Beach Island. And I found out that I'm going to have another grandson. 
And there he is. So. so thankful for God's sovereignty. And um, I found out about my little grandson, and so I told my daughter-in-law, you know that's my baby, right? He's my, that's my baby. And he's already my little buddy. I already love him so much. And the doctors, they told us that my little buddy is going to have some real challenges. Um, so he's going to have, he's going to be a special baby with some real challenges when he comes in the middle of March. And so more than ever, I'm trusting in God's sovereignty because I know that God has a plan for his life, that God will be glorified and that people will be able to know him because of the life of my grandson. And so I'm thankful, either we trust God or we don't, and I'm so thankful that we can. He is so trustworthy. My God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. Yes. He is eternal and infinite in his power and perfection, his goodness and glory, in his wisdom, justice, and truth, and nothing happens except through him and by his will. And I am so thankful for him. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are the judgments, his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. And to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.